morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Uh, glad you're here to join us this week. We have a real treat this week. We have Pastor Dennis Gingrich with us uh, today. And uh, I am really excited because I had the opportunity to speak with Pastor De Dennis uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he gave me a little bit of an insight as to what he's going to talk about today. And um, quite frankly, I'm excited to listen to what he has to say and excited about what he's going to share with you guys. And it's about parenting and different seasons of parenting. Uh, but what I want to tell you is if you're not a parent, you should definitely listen and take notes because if you become a parent, um, you're going to need this information. So uh, without uh, anything further for a man who really needs no introduction to us, uh, Dennis, thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you, David. It's uh, awesome to be uh, a part of the uh, drive time and the men's ministry here at, at uh, Cape Christian. And um, yeah, this is something I wish I would have known uh, early on. I kind of had to learn it along the way. Uh, I had the advantage uh, maybe of uh, uh, becoming a parent uh, fairly young. Uh, actually, uh, Linda and I got married. Uh, I had just turned 21. And um, a week before our first anniversary, our first son was born uh and and so uh uh we became i just had turned 22 and I, I became a parent at that point uh but uh parenting's been on the heart of uh for linda and i for years to you know just just to maximize that and and to really be intentional about it and and uh you know here at cape christian she teaches the parenting on purpose class that uh, she wrote the materials for that's the, the precursor to people dedicating their children. And she's done a number of other parenting things. Of course, she's a labor and delivery nurse for the last 31 years. So she's brought a lot of babies into the world. So that's, that's all an important piece of this. But one of the things that has helped us a lot over the years, uh, we have three children. Uh, the oldest is now um, soon to be 45, uh, coming up in uh, December. And uh, then we uh, and uh, then we have a second son, who is uh, forty-one, I believe. And uh, then we have our youngest, our daughter, uh, just turned thirty-seven a month or so ago. So uh, this comes out of experience of, of pastoring for forty years, uh, parenting for about forty-five years, and it comes out of uh, uh, spending a lot of time with a lot of parents who have been. Uh, uh, challenged uh, in in their parenting, uh, sometimes by just what they felt, seen, experienced as a child uh, from their own parents and so on. But a framework that really helps me on this, uh, and this is what I was uh, mentioning to you, Dave, was was the framework of um, of three things that that are really important in terms of ages and stages of the journey. And these, these aren't tied to a real clear age, but I think they're, they're more stages of the journey in terms of how you relate to your child. And I think the, 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 the things that have helped me, the, the, the first one is, is, is uh, you're a cop. And in the best sense of the word, and, you know, and, and I know you understand this one, uh, David, in, in the best sense of the word, and I've been a chaplain in the Cape Coral Police Department for 24 years and hung around a lot of cops for a long time. Um, and, um, you know, the best sense of the word of a cop, uh, not in the enforcement of the law piece uh, so much, but that too, but mostly about protecting and the safety of your child. That's what you do 
uh, from that little tiny baby that you hold all the way up through and the toddler and they're learning to walk and they're learning all of those things. You play the role of a cop in the sense of keeping them, you know, safe of not walking into the street and all of the, the safety factors of protecting them. And as, as we uh, think of, of, of that, and of course you, you, you do have to enforce some rules and in, 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 in that part of the journey. Uh, where I see parents running into problems a lot of times is they don't lose that, that mentality and on into the teenage years, they're still playing the role of, of a cop to these adolescents and teenagers who at that point are trying to determine how they're going to fit into the world and how they're going to live their lives and, and um, you know, and, and they're testing the rules and, and they're testing the boundaries and all of those things. And if you always keep relating to them as a cop, uh, it'll just create a lot more attention in the, in, in, the, in the relationship. And people sometimes are shocked when we, when Linda and I tell people we never had a curfew for our kids. And they say, what, you never had a curfew? That you just stay out all times of the night or it No, no, that's not true. I've, I have done tons of ride-alongs at nights and I see parents who let their kids stay out at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and that's, that's horrible. No, that wasn't the idea, but we always focused on the relationship more than the rules. And, and, and we, we, we built the, the relationship and the relationship was the most important piece so that when it came time to curfews and they were out and, and so on, we didn't set a specific time. Uh, we didn't set a specific time that they had to be in. Uh, Linda just talked to a lady uh, recently who, who had a curfew of whatever it was. I don't remember what it was by her parents. And uh, she's now an adult with kids of her own. And, and um, you know, she literally talked about her wedding night when the bridal party was going to go out or the night before the wedding and go out and, uh, and celebrate. She couldn't go out with them because it was her curfew time. Her parents still set the curfew time and it was early and, and she couldn't go out with her bridal party and she was getting married the next day uh, because the rule was more important than the relationship and they were still playing the role of a cop as I would look at it from the outsiders hearing the story. Uh, they, they were still playing that cop role. There's a rule and we have to enforce it. Uh, even though she was getting married the next day, she, she's an adult. She wasn't a kid and she was an adult. And, uh, and so, so that idea, uh, so, but we always had relationships. So if it was, if it was prom or whatever, or any given situation, if they were going to be out with the friends, this would talk, have a conversation about, okay, so what time do you think you'll be done? What time will this event be over? What time do you expect to be home? And, and now, when they expected to be home was what we held them to, and we negotiated that, given the circumstance and the situation. When would be the best time? Yeah, I think I think yeah, I better try, you know, to be home more by 11.30 instead of 12.30 or whatever, or, or you know, or can we can, come, come, you know, where, where can that come? And then what we did was, was this is about relationship now. And so we're going to expect you home by, uh, say, 11.30. If something changes and you're not able to be home by 1230, please call us and let us know. And uh, back in the day of uh, a payphone, uh, before cell phones, uh, they had made sure they had a quarter to, to be able to uh, call us. And, 
and, and to say, uh, you know, I'm not going to be here on time, whatever, because I said, otherwise, that time, every minute that goes past the time we've agreed upon for you to be home, we're nervous. We're wondering if you've gotten into an accident. We're wondering if something has happened. We're, you know, and we care about the relationship and we care about you. So please do the courtesy. And they, and I remember many times that, you know, they did, they did that if there was a change, but, but we never had a set curfew that was always the same. It was based on the circumstance and based on the relationship of a conversation. So, so what we had done, we had changed and moved from the cop role to when they got into middle school and high school, we moved into the second seat, what I would call the coach role. We were the coaches. And, you know, and I, I was a soccer coach for 13 years uh, when I first moved here to Cape Coral. And, you know, uh, you know, as a soccer coach and any other type of coaching, you're, you're there and you're in practices and, and so on. You're training and you're, you're setting the parameters and, and conditioning and all those kinds of things. But once the game starts and the whistle blows, they're out on the field. It, it's mostly based on how you've taught them and what you've, you know, done. And, you know, you can holler a few things from the sidelines. Uh, but, you know, in soccer, there's, there's only a halftime after 45 minutes. You don't have quarters, uh, you know, you, there's no timeouts. There's none of that. And uh, so there's, it's that way with the parenting in the, in the adolescent teenage years. There's a, what you've put into them and all the other times, uh, they're away, they're out with their friends, they're at school, they're whatever. It, it's the coaching role is what's most important at that point up to that point because you can't be with them out there on the field all the time uh, uh, telling them don't do this, do this instead, do that, whatever. They're going to have to make their own decisions and they're growing, uh, they're growing in their decision-making ability. And uh, so that was, that was a, um, uh, a real uh, critical time, moving from the cop role uh, to the coach role. You're working as a coach, you're, you're, you're coaching them along, you're in, hopefully giving them mostly encouragement and not mostly criticism. Uh, that's, co that's the coaches that excel best when they, 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 you have to critique and you have to help them improve, but, but it's the encouraging piece that they respond to the most, uh, more than the, than always critiquing, uh, and, 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 uh, or criticism. And so, so that coaching piece is, is, is a challenging time up and through their high school years as well is to finding that right, uh, uh, right time and of course you have your still have your practices you still have your locker room moments you have your your your, your time when you have those conversations about uh, changing uh, attitudes or behaviors or things uh, you know for this for the second half and all of those things that you do in coaching uh, you, you also have in parenting during that season when they're still around and, and so on but there gets to be a time and all of our kids um, uh, you know, went to college. Uh, uh, the oldest one stayed here locally and uh, and went to uh, uh, now called Florida Southwest uh, back when it was Edison and then on to uh, first year, one of the first year graduates of Florida Gulf Coast University. Uh, so he stayed here at home. Uh, the other two went off to college and were away for college. But, you know, when the, when they're away, you you have to actually transition out of the coaching role to that third element and that's another tough transition is to get used to that third element is is what we call uh linda and i always call it the consultant's role you're you're now the consultant you're you you 
you know, you're not the coach that can make them run extra laps uh, because they, they did it wrong. You're no longer the cop where you're monitoring and keep, you know, trying to keep them safe. They're, they're on their own. They're, they're whatever, living an adult life. But you're in the role of a consultant. You're in the role of a consultant. And what does a consultant do? Consultant pretty much responds to the idea, you know, to, to the need that exists, the, the, the felt need. Uh, uh, you know, I need to call dad about, uh, you know, what's happening with my car. I need to call uh, mom about this, or I need to call whatever. Instead of, uh, you know, keeping the role of a coach, trying to, to say, you know, if you don't do this, you're not starting the next game or whatever. You got to get out of that role. You got to get out of that role and move into the consultant. And it's more on their, um, it's more on their terms at that point. Uh, it's more on their terms. And the interesting thing is if you, if you do a good job of in the cop role and you do a good job in the coaching role and up through the ages of really working on the relationship more than, than just the rules, if it's about the relationship, they're, they're actually going to see the value of, of staying connected and asking for your advice, asking for your counsel, asking for um, uh, help or asking for whatever they, uh, you know, uh, see as necessary. But, but that's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to move from that role of, 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 of moving to the consultant role because you still want to speak into their life. And that's true all the way through it when they become parents and, you know, and you're seeing your little grandbabies uh, acting in certain ways, you, you just want to tell them, you know, you ought to try this or you ought to do this or do that, whatever. But remember, you're in the role of a consultant. Uh, are they asking for your help? Do, 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 they, do they want some advice on how to raise their kids? Do they want some advice on, on uh, you know, how to spend their money or, uh, you know, any of those things? Uh, that, that role of a, of a consultant is... Uh, is an important role and and you know and I look at it now having you know our oldest son and his wife been married 20 20 plus years 20 uh 21 years uh and um you know I think we've done that job fairly well as as consulting you'd have to ask them for sure uh but uh, not sticking our nose into to their parenting style or their ways they approach things or whatever let you know but I do remember lots of times, and it, it's still true of our, you know, their, their children are now, our oldest grandkids are now 14 and, you know, going into high school and, and uh, you know, fifth grade and, and um, you know, and, and our, our little ones, uh, youngest grandchildren are, one just turned two and then we have twins that are turning seven next week. But, um, you know, uh, you know, they often call and ask about, hey, how did you handle this? What did you do with this? How do, you know, uh, uh, my daughter still calls me anytime she's got a question about whatever, cars or uh, lawnmowers or whatever she calls dad and, and uh, picks his brain about uh, what they should do uh, in, in, terms of, in terms of that. And so I'm acting as the role of a consultant in that, in that way. I don't, you know, I don't stick my nose in, in their day-to-day -day stuff. If they ask, I'm happy to give uh, wisdom and counsel and advice uh, in, in whatever way. But um, so those three things have always helped us. And I've shared those things so many times. 
uh, with, with folks over the years who are trying to, to adjust to the role of parenting. And, and it's kind of like, um, uh, we always told our kids, uh, you know, this is our first time being parents. And so we're learning too. And uh, we don't know everything. And uh, that, that role of humility and, and, and keeping that uh, uh, um, relationship uh, and uh, remembering that's so much more important than, than just the rules. And so I think that's, that's the gist of what I was, uh, uh, was talking about with you, uh, Dave, and, and I just wanted to share with the guys, uh, regardless, I wish, not a, I wish I'd have heard this before I became a parent. It would have helped me just to kind of anticipate, uh, kind of had to learn it along the way, but we had some good, we were very intentional parents. We did a lot of reading. We did a lot of uh, uh, paying attention, went to some workshops and seminars and things to learn to become the best parents we could possibly be. Not because we had bad parents, we actually had, uh, you know, really good parents on both sides of our family, uh, Linda's family and mine. I, I have high regard for my parents. Uh, they didn't do everything right. And we didn't, we didn't, haven't done everything right as a parent. But we talk openly about that and, and, uh, and, and walk with humility. But uh, had I known, and it was kind of those three stages of what to expect, I, I think the transition points wouldn't have been as difficult to move uh, from the cop to the coach, from the coach to the consultant um, kind of role. So that's kind of my uh, uh, overall thing. If you have some additional thoughts or questions, uh, Dave. No, I, I mean, for me, <clears throat> I, I guess I find myself in two transitions at once. Uh, I have two sons that have recently moved out and moved on to some degree that are 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, then my daughter is, is 10 and getting ready to start the fifth grade. So I find myself in two transitions from, from where I should have been coaching to consultant and, and yes. going from that cop to, to coach. And man, just to hear you talk about it, it's, it is hard to get those transitions because you just think like, well, if they would just do this thing or if they would just right. do it this way and, and it's hard. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, it is about relationships and not about rules. Um, and we care about our kids and we don't want to see them struggle the way we struggled. And, um, but at the same time, they, we have to give them the ability to, to learn that on their own. And, and uh, it's, again, for, for me to, to kind of zoom out listening to you and, and looking at these two transitions that I'm facing, um, it's just, it's really interesting and is definitely something that I'm going to have to be a little bit more intentional about allowing those transitions to happen. Yeah, that, and, and I think that that's it. And, and, and see the end, uh, see the end goal. Look, at, look for the end goal. I, there's another time and I, I don't have it prepared. I could have printed it out, maybe shown it or whatever, but it's, it's kind of a chart that I've drawn for folks at times. And you know, uh, age zero is kind of across, uh, is on the bottom left-hand corner and it goes out across the bottom, zero, age five, age 10, age 15, age, you know, 20 or whatever, or whatever numbers you want to put in there. And uh, then uh, going up the side on a, you think of a, a, of a graph up the side is, is, is the age goes across to the, on the bottom and the, and the uh, decision-making goes up uh, on the left-hand uh, side, if you can visualize that, and and at the bottom is is uh, is the the decisions by a child uh, zero, uh, you know zero percent of the, uh, 
uh, is at the bottom and 100% is up at the top. And 100% you know, of the decisions, well, when they're age zero, when they're first getting started, you're making 100% of the decisions for them. But if, they, if they're 18 or 19 years old and you're still making 100% of the decisions for them, you've done something wrong. Uh, you want to be getting down, uh, by the time that lengthens out on the bottom and gets out to you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, they ought to be making 100% of their decisions and you should be making 0% of their decisions by that point. And that's, what, what, that's the end in mind. That's what you're trying to do. You're not trying to control their lives forever. Uh, I remember telling my kids that, uh, you know, in the high, high school years and the adolescent years, you know, there's this tension that goes on when those two lines cross and there's the age that's going up and you're making less and less of their decisions. And there's, there's, the, you know, they're making more and more of their decisions and they want to make more of their decisions, but it's, it's like that handoff of, do you trust them with the decisions they make and, and, uh, and so on. It gets a little rough in that, in that point where those two lines cross on that graph it gets a little rough sometimes uh, as to how many of the decisions they can make for themselves and, and so on. But you ought to remember the end in mind is you want them to be, you don't want an adult who you're still making 100% of their decisions. We call that, you know, there's either something very seriously wrong with their mental capacity uh, or uh, physical capacity or very dysfunctional about that uh, if they're healthy in every other way, uh, if we're still making 100% of their decisions when they're adults. Uh, that that we're, that's what we're preparing. The end in mind is that they make 100% of their decisions and, and hopefully they'll be you know, really good, solid decisions. So I think you know, the three stages are a part of that, but also just keep the end in mind. That's what you're going for in the long haul of parenting. You're going to, to raise uh, responsible, uh, good decision-making adults uh, who obviously you know, are in love with Jesus and uh, and uh, want to carry on the family, uh, 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 the family traditions. I, I don't mean doing the same things, but with 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 you know that, that there's integrity, that there's that there's you know uh, love for Jesus, love for God, love for people. Uh, all of those key central things uh, that you want your family to be known for and the legacy that you leave. So, well. Uh... Dennis, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on this morning and and just laying this out in, in really what is a simple way. Uh, it's simple to hear, and the idea is, is fairly basic, but uh, obviously is a challenging thing as a parent to engage in those transitions. But, um, you know, thank you for being here. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, we value your voice and your input. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just... I pray that uh, you know that the guys who are listening, who are facing these transitions, can can uh, you know while they feel the tension, they can lean into it and and trust that they're they're on the right path. And for for those guys out there listening that aren't parents or maybe they're new parents, that uh, you know that they're going to be armed with this long before I was here with uh, you know a twenty year old. Um, so it, I, I'm I'm thankful that uh, uh, we're able to, to put this out there for, for, you know, all the different generations of guys out there. So again, thank you. My blessing to be able to uh, contribute to the Cape men. So thank you guys. And uh, we're going to see you back next week with, uh, you know, another speaker, another topic. Uh, thanks for being here this morning.